The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Waitaiki, tisiro mai. That's how long we've been going for. She was literally a newborn. Is it eight years? Yeah. Yeah. Before co-governance. <laughs> before, 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 yeah, pua, pua. before things Before sour. racism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tēnā koutou katoa, piki mai kāke mai. Welcome to Gone By Lunchtime, the manic pixie dream girl of political podcasts. Hello, Annabelle Lee Mather. Kia ora. Kia ora, Ben Thomas. It's December the 8th, 2023. I think this might be our penultimate podcast. Maybe we'll do a little cheeky little bonus podcast on um, the year in review and all of that sort of carry on. But for today, also, kia ora, Sam Robinson, our um, our muse. Kia ora, Toby. How are we doing today? Uh, Good. Yeah, good. Also here. Oh, also, uh, why me here? No, Waitaki. Waitaki, sorry. Why, sorry, Waitaki. Um, I confused Annabelle's children. Um, so do I, all the time. <laughs> uh, it's been a busy week for you, Annabelle. Basically, you've just been collecting awards the whole week. What did you win at the TV Awards? We won Best Māori Programme for New Zealand Wars Stories of Waito. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And then another award you won in the last week or so, what was that? Oh, like the most mana enhancing of mm-hmm. all awards, yeah. the New Zealand Podcast Award for the greatest current affairs podcast mm. of all time, which wow. of course I share with my two brothers here. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, was that, was, <coughs> sorry, got a popcorn <laughs> on my Do you want me to Heimlich you? It's emotional. Oh. Um, <laughs> second year in a row. Of that, that award. Second year in a row. I like how they're trying. They're trying to. They're trying to make the fake awards real. They're by not like fake, fake awards. By, yeah, by real awards. Benchmarking it with us. Like they have to give it, They have to give it to us three times to kind of give the award credibility, and then you know, like Beetlejuice. Uh, Is that the same? Uh, no, I was, I was thinking more like you know. You, you bring, um, I think, I, th- I thought more like sort of signing great players to your new cricket league or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hmm. It's been an interesting fortnight or so, hasn't it? After the the calm, serene pause that we had, it's become very shouty, and mm. busy. And um, everybody's very worked up. I love that pause when we're all just the bosses of ourselves. Hmm. It's like I've, I was it's, into it. Yeah, no. Look, I, something that's very underrated about MMP is the periods where there's no government. Yeah, or actually, it's not even no government. It's like it's actually the grand coalition that we always talk about, um, which is that the caretaker government can't do anything without the income consulting mm-hmm. the incoming government, which basically means it's Labour and National just have to agree, and they can only do what they agree on, which is 
you know, extremely centrist things mm. <laughs> and, and, and everything else just gets punted into the future. So, I mean, which is actually very similar to our political system in general, but, you know, it's, it's really brought to the fore. Mm. There hasn't been a lot of riz in the last, um, in the last <laughs> few weeks. Not a great deal of kids. riz. Just, that's just a word I, a word I use a lot. There, so like... it, uh, <laughs> yeah. What's riz? What's riz? Oh, it's, um, it's just a word we use a lot. I think it's short for charisma. It's, it's short for ah. charisma. And it's... it's the word oh. of the year. And the who who was it, Oxford? Someone? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, the, the window for slang coming into mm. in vernacular, coming into like dictionaries, you know, like it's very short now, you know, because the 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 dictionaries, the dictionary companies just like us, yeah, are desperate to remain. And it's a very <laughs> short life cycle because then people like us say those words aloud and kill them dead. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. that's right. You know, and that's over now. Mm. That's the that's the um the scene of death. The what do I we like have? Heroes. We had um I don't think we got into this too much last time. Maybe it was just sort of as it was happening. There was that all of that early um, action in which Woodstock Peters was kind of like photobombing <laughs> Christopher Luxon's every early early appearance and going hard on the bribery and deciding to kind of animate himself by going full borderline conspiracy um, on the media. And then we've had it, it was it was sort of a, a, a live action kind of <clears throat> video of like mm-hmm. you know how how to deal with your know, racist uncle at Thanksgiving, mm. <laughs> like you know it's, it's Christopher Luxon just sort of serenely smiled his way through, and he like, probably got it about right, didn't he? Because it's that kind of I, I think he had to. You've yeah. got to. You've just got to kind of um, put an arm around the uncle. Give him a thanks for coming and put a brandy in his hand, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, that's. Otherwise, you end up ruining Christmas. We had it's quite. We had this hundred day plan that's been that was published, which was a, not the same as the hundred day plan that National released during the campaign. Obviously, because we have a coalition government now, yes, and it had forty nine points, which was like was it was it fifty, and they had to take one off. I don't know forty nine point plan, or maybe that's just where they, they might have just got miscounted, or yeah. and it was a lot of it was basically. It was like the bonfire part two. Yep. You know, the year has been bookended by politicians trying to <laughs> roll back <laughs> the Labour government's <laughs> policy program. The first person to do that was the Labour government itself in the form of Chris <laughs> And now it's the, <laughs> the, the true, the, the, the change government in the form of the coalition. A lot of repeal, stop, cancel, all of that. Um, and... At the same time, we also had all the, the, the smoke-free thing became a big thing, right? And all of those headlines around the world, which, I mean, I know that some, like Hooten wrote that they'll love that. It'll show that they're changing things. They didn't love that. Of course you don't love that when your first appearance no. and the, you know, the great journals of the Anglosphere are basically saying, <laughs> new government cancels this brave new smoke-free world. The UK is, you know, sort of copied New Zealand's version of it. It's really interesting. I mean, but um, there was a survey out showing that four and five young people, I think it was, supported the measures. Anyway, that wasn't good. And then we had uh, Parliament resuming, mm. a debate on Gaza in the House, which I think is a very healthy thing yeah. to happen. Did um, did you watch any of that or the early exchanges in Parliament, Bells? I've seen a little bit of what happened in Parliament. I agree, Tobe. I think it was it was good to see um, 
um, Gaza come up for debate in the House, and that that was one of the first things that um, that Winston did. Mm. He put the motion, and then there were various speeches. Um, Damien O'Connor was very um, forceful. He used the word genocide mm. to describe um, the Māori Party and the Green Party were, as you'd expect, um, very solid. That party pushed back a bit on that. Uh, then we had the first the speech from the throne, of course, which is where the Governor-General delivers words that seem to have come from somebody else because they do. It's, it's funnier when it's the when it's the Queen's speech or the King's speech as it is in, in the UK because they're so it's like it's like it's it's like when you get the sort of animated character doing, you know, those Ardman things where you get oh, a dog yeah, yeah. speaking and somewhere else. <laughs> like, this is very, very strange. Um and then we had the first then we had the first debate and we had the first question time. Did you watch all of that, Ben? Were you were you also glued to Parliament TV? Uh, I've actually been really busy and I used my best endeavours. Um, I watched the speech from the throne and a, a few of the speeches in reply. Had a gander at the uh, first question time uh, yesterday. I, th- I think Lux would probably be very relieved that they're back in the House mm. and the, the focus goes very much on the Prime Minister at that point. Um, you know, for the first, uh, what, week and a half, almost two weeks, where he was sort of officially the Prime Minister and, had, you know, after declaring the government, he really was fighting for space yeah. with Peters, to a lesser extent, Seymour. Um, but... And, and not just in terms of the sort of attention, but the issues, you know. I mean, National never campaigned on repealing the smoke-free legislation. Mm. Uh, and, you know, but but that that was pretty much, you know, almost the, the you know, the first, the first sort of, uh, or the remainder of the week after the, uh, after the 100-day plan was announced. Uh, you know, that was what Chris Bishop was talking, unfortunately, Chris Bishop was talking about on, Q&A. I mean, it's very unfair that poor old Chris Bishop has gotten all of this flack for the uh, for the smoke-free repeal the stuff. One little, Bas- the one little dairy in Northland. Yeah, well, but yeah, no, well, we'll, we'll get to that. But the, of nicotine but ba- in the whole of... Obviously, Bish, notoriously, for a cu- I think a couple of years, he when I was looking at the Beehive, he left the Beehive. He went and worked for, I think, Philip Morris for a couple of years. Uh, you know, missed the game too much, came back, um, rest is history. And, and because of that, he's been sort of pilloried about this this uh, smoke-free repeal. But it's like, you know, like, there's all these conspiracy theories, like, oh, what's his connection to big tobacco? It's like, you know, he's a look for any conspiracy theories. Like both coalition parties that National needs to govern demanded it in their coalition agreements and got it in writing. Um, and... <laughs> that could either be on the basis of personal freedom, uh, all, sorts, all sorts of reasons. But you know, poor I think to be fair too, views. like they've played that game as well. Like the PIJF is an example of where they're like, mm. well, you know, it's about the perception. Journalists may not have been bribed, but I it's the perception Luxon, that there could have been, and that's I think the that exactly was the same thing. Answer in his first post cab wasn't it, first post-Cabinet press conference. And an interesting response, a pragmatic response to say, well, you know, there is a perception out there. Also, I, I think a, I think a, it's a disingenuous. I don't think it's a – I think it's a bit of a facile response because as soon as we start going down the track, we do, we're guilty of this too. It's all this optics talk. Mm-hmm. Aren't we in a time where we've seen the, the kind of truthiness, 
trouble, that's truthiness. Oh, it seems true. You know, it's kind of, that's the So it's your job to say it's not true. And I think actually Seymour has been better on this. Seymour has said, I think there are all sorts of problems with the media. He's got all sorts of issues with the media and, you know, whether they're right or wrong. He's also clear that he doesn't think for a second that there was bribery involved in that fund. He doesn't approve of the fund. But I think you could say that straight out, it's not true. I mean, there were plenty of problems with the PIJ. I mean, the sure, like, like, I mean, one of the, one of the worst designed policies. Like, if you had fifty million dollars to help journalism, I, I think it would be hard to have come up with a worse plan than the PIJ, which created a lot of short-term jobs which weren't sustainable, created massive salary expectation inflation, um, and funded marginal projects that, um, you know, obviously hadn't sort of made the case that, you know, that, that people sort of, you know, had to do really sh- quick short-term sort of pitches for, um, you know, it was, I mean, it was, it was terrible. And it had, it had, it had the, the effect on um, journalism, the same effect as sort of peacekeepers coming in and spending money in East Timor or something, you know, in terms of like sort of screw, it was screwing up. It, it had some good effects. I think it had some great effects. I think that, you know, programs like Teddy Thor and some of the journalism training, the local democracy um, stuff that we've seen, I think it's important to remember that that fund was established in response to the industry um, basically saying that they weren't going to survive through COVID with like dropping revenues and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, so sure. was it the most well thought out um, um, program funding plan in the whole world? No, it wasn't because it was sort of, it came around in the era of, you know, shovel ready, hammer ready yeah. products. And <laughs> I agree, it's a real shame that some of those positions, now that things have picked back up again, haven't been rolled over. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's also worth remembering, although, you know, we don't want to go too far down this particular track, that it was part of a range of media support measures, including there was $20 million that was to, to waive Cordia fees yes, and transmission yeah. fees. Mm. What about that? That was that was for nothing. In a way, it was thought about too much, I think, the PIJF. And, you know, I'm speaking... Partly out of out of out of out of an interest of someone who works in a media business, but you know it was kind of massively overcomplicated. You know, it would have been better to what well, where was the version of our Cordia? You know, that, that it's kind of like you're in a really 
tough space. Oh, there were some subscription money that came in from MCH yes, as yep. well. So was that that was a kind of more effective way of supporting businesses that were struggling through difficult times in COVID. Anyway, let's let's mm. let's move on. Let's move on because otherwise let's we're going to turn, about turn us. to the fold. Um, well, I mean, that, that, I mean, Even speaking, we're of, clearly the most speaking of optics people. and strategy, I mean, that that's the thing. How did how did Winston Peters guarantee that you know he was front and foremost in uh, you know as the representation of the new government? Um, you know, after the announcement, he picked fights with media, yeah. and it worked. Compl- it worked perfectly. He's got it. He's got. He's got. News. He's got a problem now, though. He's got a problem in terms of that strategy, which they adopted deliberately to say we are going to try and appeal to a particular constituency mm. of people. Now, that's not just the same people who who deride and disapprove of the PIJF. I'm talking about the particular group of people who believe whether it's that COVID is a hoax or that the vaccines are these yep. terrible, malicious, uh, globalist, agenda-based, um, nano-bot-filled uh, you know, uh, expressions of evil, blah, blah, blah. Those people, I've got a piece on this coming out soon, those people are now furious at Winston Peters. The the whistleblower, quote, unquote, from the data guy from the the Ministry of Health was on Alex Jones yesterday Mm. in front of an audience of more than a million people saying... I want Winston to come. Where's Winston? Liz Gunn was on on, on post a video saying she went round to Winston Peters' house oh to try and get him to. Now, this is a group of people who aren't like some other constituencies who you might pander to. They are fixated. This is to the core of their identity, and they are saying to Winston on this, Winston, Winston, where are you? Why aren't you standing up in Parliament? Forget the media stuff. Mm. Why aren't you standing up in Parliament and saying... This is the truth about COVID that is being revealed. Winston Peters is not going to do that because he's an intelligent man and he doesn't want to – it would be mm. reputationally very damaging and so they're trying to, they'll try and find a way. But it's a, it's a, it's a risky business it's that they've got into when you go down that rabbit hole. It's interesting, eh, because I know that there's been a bit of a debate going on between, you know, the commentariat and, you know, people who enjoy watching politics about exactly where Winston stands on this. And, you know, I think at mm. the start a lot of people thought that it was just – a, a sort of cynical approach where he's identified a, a, a potential group of voters that he can bring into the New Zealand first fold but doesn't necessarily believe it. And mm. then I think people's opinions started to shift in that they believed that Winston really had bought into the uh, conspiracy theories around COVID. Then, of course, we had the WHO thing being a part of yep. um, the, the new coalition deal. But then this happens, and clearly he's not engaging with them. So it's quite fascinating to see how this is rolling out. And, yeah, potentially that newly harnessed support base could end up flipping and, and turning against New Zealand first. I think I think that's, that's a real risk real risk of that, that happening. You go very quickly in that world from a hero to mm. a villain, and there's mm. not a lot in between, you know. And, and you know, it was, it was always going to be a tightrope, right? He's the foreign minister. Right. He's the foreign minister, mm. but he's got two of, the, two of the items that he secured in the 100-day action plan were distancing us from multilateral institutions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it's easy enough to sort of, you know, in a, in a, in a uh, drafty school hall in uh, Topor on the campaign trail to say, you know, we need the UN butting out of our business. Mm. It's much harder to say if you're the foreign minister. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're a small, yeah. small trade and trade And I think, mm. I, I mean, the, I, th- I think the cynical part of me thinks that that was 
based on we just need to make a, put a couple of things in there. Mm. Look, we've done mm. that. And then that stuff will blow over, you know, and we'll be able to get on with the business of being a government and I can go and do the foreign. I don't know that it does blow over. I just think it's a different community, <laughs> you know, to the ones that perhaps in the past, with you know, they might have thought that's fine, we'll get, well, people aren't going to, come and give me shit about not following through on shutting the borders to all mm. migrants because that's just a part of people's business. This is people core to people's identity. Anyway. I think busy. too the, the challenge that New Zealand First has is that they've picked fights on multiple fronts. So you've got you've got this one where, you know, he's presented himself as the saviour of the of the, the anti vax mm. movement, but that's, you know, starting to fall away. You've got so much of New Zealand First's focus on Te Pāti Māori and criticising them that is drawing more attention to Te Pāti Māori and making, you know, drawing more supporters towards them. Mm. I think that's I think that plays to their advantage though. Remember, New Zealand First only need five percent, one in twenty voters to vote for them at the next election yep. to remain in parliament yep. and possibly still be the kingmaker. Yep. Um, and that will be front front of his mind the whole time. Every time they've been in government so far, they've fallen under five percent sure. threshold. And whether they've calculated that right or not, I think that's absolutely right. And that is in there in both coalition agreements. But the- there are flags that are being flown to particular groups for whether it's New Zealand First or ACT, rather than just kind of we'll find ways of where we where our meeting yep. points are. Or, or, you know, a bit more there or a bit less there. They're like, look at these things that we did, they're banners. I guess it depends on, like, what's your what, what's your long-term goal because the reality is is the positions that he's taking appeal to a much older voter base mm. and the attention that they're giving to Te Pāti Māori, which clearly has a much younger voter base, is better for the long-term gain of Te Pāti Māori than it is for New Zealand First. And I, I, I truly think that if we keep going on this trajectory, Te Pāti Māori will probably hold the balance of power after the next election. They are they're playing things very well. you got, you, you got to hand it to them. Um, I was one of the doubters who was surprised by their outstanding result on election night and then after the recounts um, because I had been looking at that party vote and thought, well, it's not moving. In fact, it's going backwards, if anything. They they managed to, to really drill into people the importance of the electorate vote and managed to get, you know, use their networks to secure those wins. The other thing is, uh, um, I mean, no, look, I'm, I'm not on social media, so I, I was caught a little by surprise by this, just like Christopher Luxon. But, you know, how, how much notice was there for the, um, for the protests uh, on Tuesday? That was organised at pretty short notice, yeah. right? Yep. And I, I think that sort of portends this sort of a, a kind of newer way of being in opposition. I think the Te Party Māori have been pretty straight up. They're not going to talk seriously about policy or anything that they didn't in their first, um, you know, the last three years. They won't this time, I don't think. Um, but what they will be doing is acting as a focus point and using that platform not just for press releases, speeches, sound if, bites, if, but to actually organise If you want to talk about protests. seizing and setting the narrative, yeah. as Parliament opens, both oh. in the House and around the country... To party Marty. Oh, were, chef, chef, were, chef's kiss. You know, They're, incredible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The, so those, let's talk about those protests. Um, 
remarkable so early in the term to have it. And now, um, Annabelle, there were, you know, the Party Māori organised most, some iwi were involved in it too. Like Aru Tainui and Kingi Tanga. But now that's, that's yeah. it's done. They've done the protest, right? So the protest done. That'll be it for the term. That's, that's all. Yeah, no, it's all, all finished. Just kind of done make a point. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we can crack on. Mic drop and yeah. then yeah. everyone goes back to their yeah. papa kainga and waits for the next election. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, no, it's... I, I, this is essentially his coalition government is completely skipping any honeymoon period mm. and going straight to complaining about your Māori neighbours and trying to balance the, your checkbook. Um, and it's not going to go away. And I think what people forget is that, you know, iwi like Waikato Tainui, Ngāti Whātua Ōrāke, Ngaitahu, they are they're billion-dollar iwis now, hmm. and they are not going to resile from their position when they see their rights being encroached upon. And so this is the beginning of a campaign that's going to that's gonna run over the next three years. And again, um, I think that ultimately it will be to the benefit of Te Pāti Māori that they're able to to riff off um, these types of um, movements to be seen as key coordinators in them. And I think, you know, it's only going to grow their movement. Yeah, so, I, th- I, th- I think that what Party Māori appreciate that I'm not sure the other parties do, maybe the Greens do, but I don't think they're well-placed to take advantage of it, is that there is a huge number of young New Zealanders mm who are primed, right, by Instagram, they want to be involved in direct action on social justice issues. They want a Gazan issue or a Black Lives Matter or something in New Zealand that they can sort of throw themselves wholly into. Mm. And that, that's a much broader audience than it used to be for people who actually want to go to a protest. Um, like right now there's actually there's actually a, a market gap in New Zealand for mass protests um, and the Māori Party, I think, are very for a, well for positioned a, For too. a lightning rod, um, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah know, that's right. And, yeah, yeah. and there, there might be others too. But if you, I mean, if you look at the the number of bullet points in the coalition agreement and the 100-point plan. I mean, there's just to, 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 together, we've got just to, just to very quickly, go, you know, clamp down rollbacks of co-governance, to deal with names and Crown agencies demoted, to put English names first, Māori Health Authority gone, uh, require referendums again for setting up uh, Māori wards of councils, review the work of the Waitangi Tribunal, revisit references to the treaty across most legislation, treaty principles referendum bill, that's the the act mm. um, goes to select committee. Interestingly, in the House yesterday, Christopher Luxon asked about that, said that's as far as it will go, quote, which I haven't heard him say before, which is kind of as like, you know, voting something through to the select committee, but now, now signalling conscious of yeah. the damage it might do, I think, that it's that, that they'll 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 lock it off there. Um and then most Which recently is we've awkward, had right because that's not what they've agreed to. They've agreed to yeah. you know getting it that that far yeah. and then yeah. considering yeah. whether yeah. or not they take yeah. it any further. So I, I imagine Seymour will be really annoyed well, by, uh, by well, what he well, said. Well, and again right. it just that's not the agreement. Yeah, yeah, it speaks to the fragility of holding those three partners together. And then you had the the latest thing to add to that is this thing about the um, allowances in the in the public sector 
for uh, competency in te reo. So which is, see, now that's a weird one. It's a weird one, but it it, it became a it became a, a bigger and, and then Nicola Woodis wrote it back a bit because it was originally described as bonuses, and then it became about kind of competency in te reo and so on. Turns out it's an allowance yeah. for, to recognise the fact that you've got to drag your colleagues through yeah. waiata practice yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I, that's a strange one because the, the working model I've got for the coalition government on Treaty Māori issues is that uh, Luxon has relatively sound, if not particularly well-developed, sort of ideas about tatidity, et cetera, that he was willing to give up a lot of things that he saw as largely rhetorical or sort of, you know, less important in the coalition agreements, uh, including, you know, this, you know, the... the the creaking weight of sort of the list of bullet points about things like, you know, agency names and using English and not having a referendum about Aotearoa. Now, of course, not having a referendum about Aotearoa, Luxon would say, of course, put that in. That's free. That's yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. I'm a businessman. Yeah. Make, I, make, you're getting something. Make, like, yeah. make English an official language. Yeah, meaningless. I, I, yeah, it I'm is. Not, I, but, I'm not giving away anything. Yeah. But, of course, what he, is, what he is doing is he's signing up to yeah. a document that – is unrelentingly hostile to Māori and public life. And so it, it is a vibe, but vibes are important. And that's why it was, you know, perfectly legitimate to have a vibes-based protest about no particular policies from Te Pāti Māori and Waikato Tainu, et cetera. Um, so that's my that's my working model, is that, is that Luxon thinks he can pursue his general sort of goal of devolution, localism, working with iwi for better social outcomes, that kind of thing. Because he, he said, you know, in his speech from the throne, he specifically name-checked working with iwi providers for better social services mm. and devolving things and working together. So I, I don't think, th- there's not going to be any sort of spectre if, you know, from Oranga Tamariki through to, to health, where suddenly all of these Māori providers or iwi or whatever are shut out of contracts or service provision. I think that'll probably expand. But there is all of this kind of collateral stuff from the coalition partners, which Luxon just wants to sort of disabuse any responsibility for. Well, it's not all coalition partners, though, is it? I mean, you talk about the Maori Health Authority, Authority, co-governance. There's a bunch of stuff that is national national policy. So, But given all that, Ben, my question for you... But the weird thing is then I don't understand why a national MP and nationals... A national minister, a national's deputy leader, Nicola Willis, is Mm. opening up another front about collective agreements, which is just... It just seems... Unbelievable to me because in the week that you had marches, that's I like the pilot episode for a series we're going to see, as you as you say, Annabelle, through through throughout this term. Given what you said as well, Ben, about how there is kind of an energy, whether it's on social media more broadly generational, you're called into Luxon's office to give him some advice. How do you reset this? Because you know if those few words in the speech of the throne aren't going to cut it. Do you say you need to give a speech, mate? Do you say because you know he's going to go to Waitangi? It sounds like his signal, which is which is a good thing. His signal will go there. How long for we don't know, but what do you do? How do you turn this around, or do you just keep talking about the price of cheese? I think that his, I, I think the preference would have been to let it die down, move on to the next thing. I think that pr- that might have been possible, except that 
you know, for whatever reason, the New Zealand uh, political year is regarded as starting with a whole host of Mm -hmm. Māori-themed events. You know, Ratana, um, which I I think should probably be optional, Um, but Waitangi, you know, King Te Heitia has... King Te who he chucked into the mix. In in, in, uh, late January. And you've got New Zealand First who keep talking about Te Pāti Māori, which just keeps drawing attention to it as well. absolutely. So I I think he is going to take it, have to take it head on. I think he has to talk about his vision um, and and not sort of just play not just play up this oh, for everyone's needs, but you know have those messages say look mm. this is you know what we're doing is because there's plenty of needs right you know saying that things are based on need instead of race doesn't actually cut much down because there's a lot of need out there <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to run out of need anytime soon there is no risk of that um, and. You know, get out there to, you know, Māori providers, get out there to iwi who have got programs and, you know, talk to them, be seen to be talking to them, talk about how good their programs are and how you want to replicate those or right. how you want to, you know. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way. He does need to distinguish himself from his his partners because the thing is a lot of the median voters that National are going to rely on to stay in government are not cranky old racists. <laughs> like, I don't know... If he can, like this is the nature of the of the three way coalition that he has. Even you know, I'm sure that this is not what he desires to mm. be constantly mm. talking about how regressive his government is when it comes to Maori issues. But there's not a lot he can do about it because that's literally what he's signed up for. Mm. And if he's to to disavow himself of of his own policy program, then he gets offside with his coalition partners. So I don't know what what can be done. I don't know if um if this is you know the roller coaster has been set in motion, and I don't know if he's going to be able to get off before the loop de loop. But I mean, there is there is a a broader problem, which is consistent with the mandate they were given the 100-day plan is replete with control Z. It's all Mm. undoing programs. And that makes it difficult, I think, to then say, here's my, you know, the the, the speech from the front throne, fine. But (laughs) they had the conference yesterday. The um, that Stephen Levine arranges, which ends mm. up in the book, in the post-selection book, and one of the interesting things that I've seen reported in, um, in Joel McManus's piece in the spin-off this morning is Luxon stressing that he thought that Labour talked above people, that their language was above people, which is interesting insight, that, and that he tried to speak as simply and clearly as possible, boil things down to the, you know, which is why he did sound a lot like talking points on High Rotate. That was a deliberate strategy. Isn't it time now that he does just have to stand up and give like a reverse orewa? You know, like give a speech and say, these are the things that are important to me. These are the, this is the New Zealand that I grew up in, how far we've come. I mean, you think it's too late for that, Bells? I think anything he can do to bring some good vibes would probably be beneficial. I think, you know... In the in the bonfire of, of policies, literally he's just left sitting in the ashes of the last Labour government without painting a vision of what his New Zealand looks like. So I think that if he's to kind of come out of the cloud of criticism that, you know, of, of what of what Hitkin said in the House the other day, repeal, 
you know, burn, whatever, that, yeah, he needs to start um, descri- not only describing what he wants, but, like, what is the, what's the rotaki to get there? Because that's what we don't see at the moment. Mm, mm. It does seem a bit like a hodgepodge of stuff. That's the nature of the coalition. An historic three-party coalition, mm. which is a hell of a thing. But isn't isn't that it, Ben? What's the putting a few stakes in the ground and saying this is the, you know, it's a, the brighter future. Sorry. The bright, bright, brighter future, the, cu- the cusp of something special. Yeah. Um, the gra- uh, Ambitious for New Zealand. Ambitious uh, for New Zealand. Luxon hasn't said that he's ambitious for New Zealand for quite a while. I think he's got complacent by <laughs> it's refer- the mojo. referring to it as the, New Z- as the, the greatest mojo. country in the world. Um, yeah, look, I, I I think we overstate sometimes just how specific people have to be <laughs> when they're outlining their vision for the future. What, what it's more about is appearing positive, um, being associated with positive things, mm. uh, you know, announcing things that are positive, whether your government did it or not, just talking, you know, reminding people that good things are Summer. happening in New Zealand. We- Summer, ah. Oh. How good is that? Oh, I mean, this is you know we're 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 we're, pa- we're past the annual nightmare where we you know are, are asleep and dreaming that New Zealand is not a tropical island. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it it is that kind of thing. You know, he's by by the very dint of sort of you know the way right wing or centre right parties talk, you know, they talk about, you know, business opportunities, growing economy. Mm. It's very hard to sort of just show that, you know, in a, a news soundbite, you know, because it's the whole economy. It's the And it really is the vibe a lot of the times in terms of business confidence. So he, he's just got to start being more positive. That will mean a lot more time away from Winston Peters and David Seymour. I was going to say, that's but, the thing that's hard. Eh? It's hard to be positive vibes when your deputy is not really a positive vibes kind of guy. Mm. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's true, and and so he's got more scope, you know, during the summer to sort of, well, during the summer, I hope they all get a rest because it has been a long year for the politicians. I'm glad that they said they initially they were talking about bringing uh-huh. the house back on January the fifteenth, which I think would have like killed many of the people who have been through the whole year for the Labour <laughs> National <laughs> Act. And, oh, uh, forget Labour. They had a nice holiday. It's the, it's the one people who were negotiating the coalition and sort of desperately, you know. Going around the country trying to work out where Winston was. That's the ones <laughs> I feel sorry for. Um, look, that's us. Just to conclude, the things that Lux needs to do, there's the vibe. Vibes. Uh, the mojo mm-hmm. and the riz. And um, then we'll be back on track, as we will, shortly. This has gone by lunchtime. And the ciggies, like well, hang summer on. is a great time <laughs> you can't to say, bust you open can't, the beers and the wine, the vinos. Enjoy them while you can. Open the packet of Rothies. Do that. Don't you do that. Fields. Your daughter's in the room. I think this is. I think this is I, illegal. I think you're going to jail. Not anymore, <laughs> because the country is back on track, Toby. <laughs> oh dear! Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Annabelle. Thank you, listener. Kia ora. Kia ora, Etiwi. Kia Butler here podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.